Hey guys, it is your girl Kendra Dion, and this is the Kendra Dion Passion Project, where passion and purpose collide. So guys, we have been talking about submission for like the last two weeks, right? Like submission and being able to hear the voice of God, right? And so today I was like really like not sure where God wanted to, you know, go with this topic. And then this morning when I woke up, you know, the Holy Spirit prompted me with this question and answer. He said, what keeps most people, and particularly Christians, um, from submitting to the voice of God, right? But he answered the question for me. He didn't, like, force me to answer it. And so he said most people see, um, like, other people doing their own thing, right? So you might go on social media and you might see just different people and some who may claim to be Christian. You see them doing their own thing, so they're not totally um, abiding by the word of God and they just, you know, fit God in where they want. And then some people we know is just out there. They don't acknowledge God, don't want nothing to do with God. And so he said, what happens is when we see people doing their own thing, then we begin to perceive that what God said or God's way is just a suggestion on how to do things, um, on a suggestion on how to pursue a career path, a suggestion on how to pick a spouse, a suggestion on just whatever it is that you might be believing God for or asking God about, or, you know, you just read in the word and God has given particular um, ways to do certain things. And we begin to see his way is just a suggestion, not the way. Right. And I believe as children of God, we should see what he sees. Is the way. This is the way to do it. This is the way to be prosperous. This is the way to get ahead, right? Like whatever it is he's telling you or showing you how to do, his way is not a suggestion. His way is the way to do it. It's not many ways to get get it done. Even though we might see other people in the world, you know, doing what they want to do, and they're apparently you're not not um, feeling any like consequences of it, right? But I want to pause and just let you guys know, as I was doing this study that the Holy Spirit told me, he said that God is getting ready to bless any and everybody who is willing to do it his way. He's going to bless us for our obedience. OK, um, so I just had to stop and pause and say that because I felt it so strong as I was studying. I'm like, oh, Lord. All right. I'm going to tell him if that's what you want him to hear. And so, yeah. So, you know, what obedience and submission really, really comes down to is do we trust God and do we believe that he knows and wants what's best for us? Okay. So part of being obedient and submitting is trusting, right? I remember, um, in my early twenties, I was engaged to this guy, right? And my, my grandma, she would be like, yeah, you better submit. You got to submit to him. And I was so young, so foolish, so in my flesh that I was like, submit to him. What? I said, he better submit to me. But what I didn't realize is at the time, because I didn't trust him as a man, I didn't trust his leadership. I wasn't willing to submit. You can only submit um, to somebody that you trust in. You trust their ways. You trust their character. Right. You trust that they have your best interest at heart. I'm not submitting to something that I don't trust in. You see. So, you know, like I said, it comes down to trust. Right. Because when we trust God. Right. 
It's like, even though there are, even though I might know there are other ways, you know, to do what God is instructing me to do. It's other ways to get money. It's other ways to get a man. Like I could get on Instagram. Well, I'm married now, but prior to being married, I could have got on Instagram, got half naked. And I say it all the time. Like I used to say to my sister in Christ, like, yo, like, especially before now, like now that I'm a little older, my body then got a little thicker or whatever. But before I had one of those like little Instagram model bodies, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, it would have been easy for me to get on Instagram, show all my goods, get all these likes, get all these dudes sliding in my DM. But what the man God had for me been sliding in my DM, the man God had for me wouldn't even been wanting nobody like that. And it's funny because my husband, when he see girls, you know, twerking and nasty looking and just all trifling on Instagram, he be like, ew, like guys don't really want that. Do they really want that? Ew, like who want that? So, you know, the guy that I wanted, the husband that I would have wanted, he wouldn't have been checking for me if I would have chose that way. But that's a way. It's a way to get a man. Right. Or, you know, it's other ways to get money. You know what I'm saying? You can go scam. You can go boost. You can go uh, do a whole bunch of other things, right? But it's like that's not a good way because it's not God's way and it's not going to lead to prosperity. And the Bible says um, the blessings of God make us rich and he add of no sorrow with it. So God has blessings for us. And even though the world says there are other ways to get these things, there other ways can add sorrow to it. For example, and this is, I'm not, you know, calling her out or nothing like that, but one of them city girls, right? She in jail because she said she didn't want to be rapping about a life she wasn't living. So she started scamming, right? So she was scamming, getting the things that she wanted. But guess what? It added sorrow with it because it caught up to her. Where when we do things God's way, he can still give us those same exact things and he won't add the sorrow with it. You see? Or just like the other example I was using. You on Instagram, you getting a man by using your body. First of all, what type of man are you attracting? Are you attracting a cheater? Are you attracting a man who soon as the next bad chick come by, he won't go with her? So all these things add sorrow with it, right? But God, he promises that his blessings, they make you rich, but they don't add any sorrow to you, okay? And so that's why we have to just get to a place where we trust him. And even though the world says, hey, it's other ways to do this, you say, oh, no, I'm going to stick with this way, okay? Because God's way is best. And, and the thing is, even if we don't always understand his way or his reasoning or the thing he might tell us to do, like I said before, God might say, you might say, God, I want a house. God might say, start praying and fasting. But you don't know that while you praying and fasting, he moving on the heart of a, a person who's ready to sell their house. And they about to put their house, they was going to put it up for 350000 but your budget, budget is 200000 And you don't know that while you was praying and fasting and just being faithful and believing that he was moving on their heart. So now where they was going to put their house up for 350000 they didn't put it up for 200000 all to your benefit. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. But the thing is, we have to get to a point where we just trust in his sovereignty, his, his supreme power and authority. Okay, 
And so while this, like I said, this can be applied to like literally every area of our lives, right? This whole submission piece and just being obedient to the voice of God and to the word of God. Oh, another thing. This is just a side street I'm about to take. You can't submit to what you don't know. So some of y'all, you might be saying, well, Kendra, I don't even hear the voice of God. Well, start reading his word. Because his word is a, a handcrafted letter from him to us. So as you begin to read his word, then you begin to learn his character. As you begin to learn his character, then when you get those random small little whispers, because God usually speaks in a small whisper. When you get those, then you can say, wait, no, they sound like God. You know what I'm saying? And then he'll begin to confirm or you'll be able to go in your word and it'll be something else that might line up with it. But you got to start somewhere. So get your Bible open. Get it open. I didn't just start knowing the voice of God. I had a desire. I had a passion. I was hungry. But I had I had to start getting my word first. That's how I started to learn the voice of God. And I said, okay, this line up with the voice of God. Then when other thoughts and suggestions would come and it didn't line up with what I had read in the word of God. So, okay, well, that ain't God because that don't line up with what he says I should be doing. Okay. And so one of the biggest areas where I see the church struggling is sin. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about where you go every Sunday because we are the church, the people, we are the church. So one of the areas that I see people who say they are a part of the body of Christ suffer or struggle is in the area of sin, right? Because there are things that the Bible states outright that this is sin or that these groups of people will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? Like we see this in the Bible, right? But somehow amongst believers, amongst Christians, like I see debates and arguments amongst believers on Instagram and different, you know, uh, social media platforms and blogs and all this kind of stuff. When the area I see people debating about is sin. And it's like, well, how are we debating about something that the Bible sim simply states outright? This is a sin or these people won't inherit the kingdom of God. What are we debating? I'm confused. Right. But one of the largest contributing factors to this is that I believe that because we don't see like direct consequences for those who live totally against that God, right? So like I said, it's some people we know, they out here, right? They just wretched. They do what they want, say what they want, cuss, act a fool, drink, party, all that stuff, right? They just out here. They don't, they just live totally against God, don't acknowledge him in any of their ways, right? Because we don't see them facing any consequences, we begin to believe that we can have these little secret quiet sins that aren't as bad, right? And we'll be good. Because, you know, I ain't doing what they doing. I do acknowledge that I do go to church or whatever your thing is. You you know, yeah, whatever excuse you make for yourself to, to justify what you're doing that you know the word said you shouldn't do. Or defending other people who are living and sinful lifestyles and doing things and you defend them because, you know, like, oh, well, that's the, just your one thing you do. So it's like, no. Right. Um, but no. And the thing is, it has consequences. OK. And so let's deal with the consequence piece first. Right. So there's a couple explanations as why we don't see immediate consequence. Right. And I call this um, delayed consequences. Right. And so delayed consequences 
is basically a gift from God. Okay. And so I'm grateful. I, for one, am very, very grateful for um, delayed consequences. And I say that because submission isn't something that happens overnight. Like we don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to submit my whole life to God and do everything right. Or try at least live a life that's pleasing to God all the time. That is not usually an overnight process. Like usually it takes some time. Right. And then the other thing is there are going to be different seasons that require different levels of submission that old previous seasons might not have required, right? So you might have to learn how to submit, you know, your flesh in one season. Then you got to submit your um, willingness to be obedient to certain things, right? And it's like, well, dang, that felt easy in that season, or I didn't even know that was something that I needed to be working on, right? But so, like I said, so there's going to be different seasons that require different levels of submission, right? But through it all, God is patient with us, right? So one season you might be um, struggling with fornication, but then the next season you got fornication under wraps. That's easy. What? I don't want to do that no more. But then what if you drinking a little too much? You just take it too far. You just don't know when to stop. So now in this season, you, you, you got to submit that area of your life, right? And so, like I said, every area is going to require a different level of submission or a different type of submission, right? Um, but God is faithful because he is patient with us as we learn to submit, right? And what, but one thing that I have learned over time and walking with God and learning how to submit is that the quicker you submit, the easier and better it is for you. Because like I said before, um, I think the week before last is that our being obedient and our submission to God is not to God's benefit. He is God, regardless of we're obedient or not, it is really to our benefit. And so I'm going to just throw some scriptures in so that we can get a little better understanding um, of God's patience with us while we're learning to submit or trying to submit. Right. And if you're not trying to submit, I pray that you ask God what areas of your life does he want or require submission. OK, um, but go to Second Peter three and we're going to start um at verse nine, this is the amplified version. It says the Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act and is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. OK, and then if we skip down in that same letter from Peter, Peter was writing the letter. And if we skip down to the um, in that same letter to verse 15, um, he, he goes on and he reiterates this idea that God hasn't forgotten about his promise of wrath towards those who refuse to turn their hearts toward him and remain unbelieving and sinful. God has not forgotten that he has promised wrath. Okay. He doesn't, he hasn't forgotten that he's going to punish those who live sinful lives and live totally against him. Right. Um, and so in second Peter three fifteen, it says, consider the patience of our Lord, his delay in judging and avenging wrongs as salvation. This is allowing time for more people to be saved. Okay. So Peter is saying, listen, God is being patient with us, but let's not take this patience for granted. Okay. The reason God isn't just dealing out consequences at every sign of sin is because he wants us to repent and receive salvation, right? Because he freely gives it to us. So he's like, oh, let me be patient 
Well, maybe he's not even huffing. He probably like, ugh, like I, I wish my kids would get it. I, I love them. I'm being patient. I just, I really want all of them. Because, you know, in verse 9, he said he wished they all would come to repentance. He wished that every single one of us would come to repentance. Okay? But he understands that not all of us will. But even still, he's being patient with us until we do. Okay? And so, with this, though, he leaves us without excuse. So, you know, the Bible says that at one, we are all going to go before the throne of God and give an account. And so, with him extending this patience to us, none of us will be able to go and say, oh, God, I didn't know. Okay? Because he's giving you opportunity after opportunity to know, to change, to repent. Repent means to turn. So, he's giving you chances to repent, to return to him and to his way. And for those of you who don't know, I'm just throwing this in here because it'll it'll help you um, on Coffees with Kendra. That's a new thing I started. It's on IGTV. Um, I'm going to be explaining a lot of this as far as like God's standard, God's way. Um, so please, if you get a chance, tune into that. It's on Wednesdays on IGTV. I post new videos. Okay. Anyway, back, <laughs> back to what we were talking about. And so back to this delayed consequence, right? Like I said, it is a gift. Delayed consequence is a gift. And I say that because if you ever read the Old Testament, right? And you see how God is dealing with folks. He wasn't playing with them. Okay. And I think when I read the way that he reacted to the things that they did, it brings like a fearful, holy reverence and, and a posture in my heart toward him to say, you know what? Let me not play with God. You know what I'm saying? Because even though he's being patient with me right now, if I keep on going in this way and not attempting to change, the Bible says he's going to come like a thief in the night. No man knows the hour. So I'm not going to have a chance to get it right. Because he's not giving me like, all right, you got till December 15th, 2019. He's not giving us a day or an hour. So we got to start getting it right now. We got to start repenting and turning from our ways to his now. Okay. And so I got three examples for you. One example where God did not delay his wrath. Um, it was a boy and I used this um, example before and he was half Egyptian, half Israelite. He used the name of God in vain. Moses said, God, what do we do with him? God said, stone him <laughs> because that was one of his Ten Commandments. You shall not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. And I said before, that's because he doesn't want us to get too casual with him where we don't honor him. We don't reverence him with our lives. So one person did it. Get rid of him. Because then they showed the other ones, all right, don't play with him. He said, don't do it, don't do it. The second time we see God dealing out a immediate consequence is with um, uh, Miriam, Moses' sister. Aaron and Moses, I mean, Aaron and Miriam, they called themselves going against Moses. God was like, y'all should have been reluctant to talk about him. Because what we don't under, what they didn't understand is that coming against Moses was really coming against God. It's criticizing his judgment because God made him um, the one that was ahead of them. He made them the authority and the leader. So them coming against Moses was really them coming against God. And so God, he he strikes her with leprosy. And Moses has to pray and say, Lord, can you please <laughs> forgive her? She's sorry. She ain't no better. Right. And then the last example, it was some more elders. They wanted to pop off, come up against Moses and Aaron, right? And it's a long story, and I'm going to just give you all a quick overview. But long story short, 
is God was like, you know what? Step away from them. He told Moses and Aaron, step away from them because I'm about to consume all of them. And Moses had to go pray again. Lord, please don't don't get rid of the whole congregation for the sins of a few. So God said, cool, I won't, I won't kill all of them. But you know what God did? He still, he swallowed up those three in the ground. It says the ground literally opened up, swallowed them, their families, and all their possessions. And it was 250 other elders who had went with them as representatives of Israel. It says fire came out from the Lord, from the sky, and consumed them. So those are three, just three examples of God dealing out immediate consequence. And like I said, because we don't see that happening now, we don't see immediate consequence happen now. We feel like, well, look, everybody else doing it and they getting it how they live. So I'm going to do it, too. But God has a way. And the thing is, these little secret sins that, you know, we perceive that aren't as bad as the other things that worldly folks are doing and how they just totally ignore God. Because we think like, oh, it's not that bad. This is precisely the thing that. God despises. And I say that, and we're going to hurry up and go to Revelations 3, right? And God, he is address, addressing the seventh of the seven churches that he's addressing in Revelations 2 and 3, right? And so in verse 15, the very first thing that he says is, I know your deeds. So we have to stop thinking that it's these little sins or these little things that we're doing that you feel the Holy Spirit pricking at your heart to stop. You feel the Holy Spirit pricking at your heart. Forgive. We feel the Holy Spirit pricking at your heart. Be honest. Whatever your thing is that you know it's a secret little thing and you think it's not that big because it's not that big and it's not affecting a whole lot of people. God sees it. He sees all. And he goes on to say to them people. He says, you know, because you are neither hot nor cold, I, and he said, I wish you were hot or cold. God is basically like, pick a side already. And he said, you know what? You can't follow them in me. He said, you can't do things their way and please me. And so since you're not hot or cold, I'm going to vomit you out my mouth. And I believe that he uses this imagery to show that double-sided living makes him sick. He, de he detests it. It's disgusting to him. And so we can't continue to watch others who are apparently living life on their own terms and not facing consequences because the day is coming. And these people are living in a false sense of security. And if we keep continue to adopt their ways, it's going to cause us to lose God's way. And it takes me to my last scripture It's Mark 4, 19. And it says, but the worries and cares of this world, the distractions of this age with its worldly pleasures and the deceitfulness and the false security or glamour of wealth and the passionate desires for all the other things creep in and choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. So, guys, let's stop playing with God. Let's just submit and live lives that's pleasing to him. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>